You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so at 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Checking, checking, checking. Don't see any. Um... Yeah, so just leave a message and, uh, you know, we'll do that whole thing. Got to scroll back down. We have uh, 51 calls, so there's a little bit more scrolling than I'm used to to get to the top and bottom of this. But let's do this, man. I think we're all set. Nate, what's up? Hey, Ryan. I was listening to the uh, Packernet After Dark, and uh, I can't remember who it was that they, they brought up musicals and uh, said it might be the wrong crowd, which, I mean... Maybe, but I, I'm perfectly comfortable in my manhood to say I do have some musicals, not all, that I do uh, that I do enjoy. So I figured I'd give in uh, give in my my few that I enjoyed. Okay. Um, number one, and uh, this is probably a lot of people's number one, so it's not like a hot take or anything. But uh, Hamilton, Hamilton was great. If you haven't seen it yet for some reason, have not. Um, it is like three hours long, something like that. So yeah, I don't want to um, settle that, in, so. but yeah, solid, solid uh, musical. It's really, really good. Not historically accurate um, whatsoever, <laughs> okay. maybe like 30% accurate, but um, the other one is Sweeney Todd. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good one, especially if you're, uh, if you're still kind of in that phase. Somebody had that on um, in college at one point, and um I was kind of being a D-bag because we were having like a party, you know? I mean, pretty much everything in college is a party. But it was a group of people. We were hanging out, trying to have a good time. And this guy's girlfriend was really upset that we were making noise. She was trying to watch Sweeney Todd. It's like, dude, shut up. In the movie, I just I didn't super enjoy it. But also, I just have a bad taste in my mouth because I think about her every time. And it's like, she's kind of a jerk because we're trying to have a, a good time here. And nobody gives a crap about Sweeney Todd, all right? He's up saying, like, guys can't watch musicals, which, uh, you know maybe grow up a little bit, but, um, yeah, Sweeney Todd's really good about a serial killer. So that's, uh, that's always a, a solid one. One that I went to go see recently, um, in, uh, in downtown Milwaukee, uh, it was showing at, um, the market center. Uh, I went to go see the movie, uh, musical six, which is about the six wives, six wives of Henry the eighth. There you go. Um, that was really good. All the songs in there are bangers. So that one I would definitely recommend. Yep. And then the last one is, um, Moulin Rouge, uh, mostly because they use like pop songs, but they're all like covers of pop songs. Like people sing, uh, like they do Roxanne in that one. Cause it's about a, um, 
the musical is about a lady of the night. Yeah, right, so right. Roxanne put on your red light. So just a few uh, that I wanted to throw out. So uh, you're not alone. Other people do uh, enjoy some musicals. Go Petco. There you go. Well, I uh, have not seen those necessarily. I don't really have it on my list of things to watch, and I don't think I will. By the way, Omar, I've moved on to the next movie. I am, I am kind of, I'm, I'm a little upset with myself and how much I appreciate this. And it's funny because you guys have been talking about all these like horror comedies and and uh, the the Dale Marcus and Dale or whatever it's called. And I was like, yeah, I just, it's not my thing. It's kind of stupid. And then I watched that first one that I was telling you guys about, and it was stupid, but I kind of enjoyed it. Now I'm watching another one. What the heck is this called? I don't even remember what it's called. Dude, first of all, it starts, I mean, immediately, by the way, Omar, I can tell you have a, a, a style that you like, which is just like absolute gore to the max. And the whole movie is just kind of like, how can we as be as absurd as we possibly can? And by that, I mean the, the, the script writing and everything else, but also just killing people in the most absurd possible ways and just showing gruesome gore and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the fact that I'm enjoying it to the level that I'm enjoying it is embarrassing me. But I, I'll tell you what, man. When I found out that Vince Vaughn was in this movie, I freaking lost it. By the way, I didn't know it was him at first. He murdered like 70 people and I kept seeing his face. I had no idea it was him. It wasn't until they like swapped places and he is prancing around trying to pretend he's a little lady while the whole town thinks he's a serial killer. This movie has got me freaking dying, dude. The whole thing is stupid. It's a horrible movie with terrible acting. It's complete garbage, but I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I want to see Vince Vaughn prancing around like a little girl. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Oh, freaky is what it's called. Cannot believe he would be in a movie this stupid, but it just adds to it. It really does. But yeah, musicals too could be kind of cool. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Hey. Uh, calling in with another movie recommendation, so right. get your pencil ready. Um, this one would actually be one you could probably watch with, uh, with the Pac Sun or, uh, or any of the kiddos because... It's a it's an older, um, well, old-ish animated one uh, from my childhood, at least. Um, really good movie. It's uh, Warner Brothers, so it's uh, it's a little outside of the, the normal Disney movies, but it's called The Iron Giant. If you haven't seen it, it's actually a really good movie. Right. Um, plenty of action and, uh, and humor for the adults, but it's also just a good movie for kids, too. Um, it takes place during, like, uh, kind of like Cold War uh, vibes. They're, you know, they're, they talk a lot about like duck and cover, um, the atomic age sort of stuff like that. But yeah, uh, big recommendation there. And then I hope you have uh, gotten to everything everywhere all at once or, uh, or the voices. I'm going to keep recommending them to you till you get to them. Telling you Showtime free membership. Uh, you can get, you can crack a couple of them out. Um, I'm not sure where the voices would be right now. You'll have to look that one up. Go back, go. I haven't, and I'll be honest, I'm I'm prioritizing all the stuff that I can watch without having to do those free accounts, and um, because partially because it's a pain to sign up for all that, and then partially because I know I'm going to forget, and then I'm going to end up paying for it. So, so there's that, too. Hey, Ryan, it's Anthony from Detroit. Hey. Uh, I was just checking in. You've been doing a lot of talking about horror, and I think one of the last podcasts uh, from last week you talked about maybe starting a podcast or something and I, I had a recommendation of uh there's this app it's called letterboxd it's a lot like imdb but it's more like personal than imdb 
and it has a really good interface. Um, it's cool because you can like uh, you can like put in it like all the horror movies from highest rank to next, and you can just quickly grade them like you're on I don't know like Tinder like you you just keep swiping okay. and you can go oh I've seen this four stars I've seen this three stars I've seen this five stars you can make like lists on it uh, and everything kind of creates like a profile for you huh. so check it out. Um, I'm sure that, you know, your fans uh, and the people that listen who are interested in the movies, it doesn't have to just be horror movies, too. It's like all movies. Uh, you can create your own database with it. It's really cool. Uh, really good interface. It works really well. Um, I use it, and it's kind of like a life. Like, I mean, I'm not, like, super – I guess I'm into, like, going, oh, this is a four-star movie. This is my favorite these are my top 15 favorite horror movies and whatnot. But uh, you don't have to put a grade. You could just say, like, I've watched it or I want to see this. And okay. if you, like, browse through, you can, you know, add movies to your, uh, like, watch list. And it, once once you do watch it, you, like, put it in that you watched it on this date, and it'll take it out of your watch list. Um, just check it out. You can check out mine. It's on my Twitter. Uh, I'm at Anthony on Twitter. Um I know you follow me, so you can check it out. Uh, I, I would recommend it. It might be cool. I would follow you for sure. I'm sure there's other people that have Letterbox that would. Uh, I'm going to call back about talking about the Detroit Lions, too, because I'm getting kind of sick of that living here in <laughs> Detroit area and hearing about the Lions every single waking day of my life. So um, I'll call you back maybe today. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. Thanks, man. Yeah, so I just signed up while you're talking. Um this does seem kind of cool. I'm trying to just pick a pick a thing here, see what it does. All right, I'm in. My uh, my name on there is Pack Daddy, so I don't know if if that's actually searchable or how that works. Yeah, looks like it. Letterbox.com forward slash Pack Daddy. Freaky is my first review. <laughs> I gave it three stars. I can't give it more than that. It's still a stupid movie. It probably shouldn't even be three stars, but I'll I'll do it. Hey Ryan, um, I'm just. I'm not understanding why we're assuming the Packers. Sorry if that's loud. I didn't realize they were beside me. Um, why we're assuming the Packers want picks this year? I mean, we don't know that for sure. They could be like, "Hey, we're good this year. We want picks next year." Like, I, I don't understand why we would assume this. Um, because you know, part of the reason is our cap, and I know. You need money to sign your draft picks. If you have more first-round draft picks, first round draft picks, there's more money you need to sign your new players. So, um, you know, we'll be in hopefully a better cap situation next year, and we'll have a year to see what love is before signing. So, I, mean, I just wouldn't be totally surprised if he isn't. Maybe, maybe Goody is just sticking on 13, knowing they're not going to do it, and then the draft is going to come and pass, and he's going to be like, okay, we'll take next year's picks and get a haul of next year. Six. And I mean, honestly, I think that's better. I don't see why we would be so stuck on meeting picks this year. Um, so, go. Yeah, I think the assumption just comes from rumors, basically, that, you know, we'll call them quote unquote reports that the Packers want picks this year, and that's kind of a hang up or something. I, but, you know, again, what, what, how much stock do we put in each of these reports? You know, we, we were told that the Packers were stuck on pick 13. And that was the the holdup. And then five seconds later, uh, Gutekunst comes out and says, nope, 
that's not the case at all. And then, you know, 15 seconds later, we find out, according to other reports, that uh, the Jets and Joe Douglas are actually holding this up because they don't want to commit this, that, or the... So, I don't know, man. But you're right. Who who knows what actually is, is going on in the world? Hey, Ryan, listening to Yark and uh, Cheeseball and talking about the weakness of the Packers being that they don't do trade deadline deals. And I just, I have to disagree uh, wholeheartedly. Like, trade deadline deals are for teams who don't know how to build a roster. Trade deadline deals are when you're the Browns and you overpay for Odell Beckham because your team sucks on the trade. Um, the Packers, and good news specifically, have been so good at building a roster, we didn't need to go trade for these big-name people. We don't need it. Our team is good. And Well, and, and again, it, it just comes back to you should have seen the future and known that you were going to be really, really close and, and you know, one single player could have gotten you over the hump. It's, it's you know, or just the all-in philosophy of no matter what, just spend. But, but again, how, how does that work? Should we spend all our money today? Should we spend it tomorrow? When should we spend all our money? Is there a scenario where we shouldn't spend all our money? It just sounds like one of those things that, you know, and, and again, I bring up politics a lot, not specifics, but just generalities. But th- this happens in like political discourse a ton, where somebody says something that sounds obvious, and then you ask them to kind of expand on it and, and whatever, and they're just, they're just like astounded that you would question it. It's so obvious. Like, why wouldn't you do that? And then you start giving specifics and like, what about this? Like, have you thought this through? And what about this scenario? It's like, it's just, again, it's just, it, it, it's not, um, I don't know. I, I haven't been super moved from, uh, from my position on things, I guess. You know, they just, of course, they, you know, you get to look and say they failed because we haven't got the Super Bowls, but whatever. You know, um, only one team to win. We've been right there. The team has been plenty good enough to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, and more to that point, the teams that do these trade trade deals are overpaying. That's, that's what happens. Right. You're overpaying because the other team has an asset that you do not have, and you are incapable of finding on your own. Well, and that's the other thing. It's it's it is a hole in the roster generally. Right? I mean this this is a very well known thing that you know again a lot of these guys like Odell Beckham will hold on and not sign these deals because they know that eventually a team is going to what there's going to be an injury, and that's when they're going to have to swoop in and overpay because. They're desperate. They, they need it. Like, we're a competitor, and then we lost a wide receiver, and now we're not a competitor anymore, you know? Not always, but I'm just saying generally that those are the kinds of things that'll happen a lot. Odell Beckham, for example, was not one of those examples. But, but I mean, you know, again, it's, it's, this is not like common practice that everybody is just doing these late trade deadline deals with these big superstars and then go on to have great success. This is complete fiction because one time Odell Beckham was out there and a team got them and happened to go on to win the Super Bowl, despite the fact that they were not even that good of a football team, but went on to win a Super Bowl. And now we all have to be subject to bad ideas and bad philosophies because something stupid happened. One time. Which is another reason why the Jets are going to pay more than to expect for Rodgers in the end. I don't think it's going to be two firsts or anything, but the Jets are going to pay more than what people are expecting. And it is just for this reason. That's how trades work. That's how it goes. And if they don't pay more, they're not going to pay more. So, uh, yeah. You trade for a big-name player where they were not overpaid for. You go get Diggs, Hopkins, all these big-name receivers that have traded lately. The holes have been ridiculous. So, go back, go. Well, it is funny because, 
either of these trades tend to be way more than you would expect or way less than you would expect. But but that's the point. Like there's always there there is a lot of overpaying, but then there's also a lot of background stuff that people don't see and so it it just we pretend that we know everything and we don't really know everything. And then when these deals get done, we're we're shocked and we just always assume that what we think is what's right and and what actually happened is uh, apparently all 32 teams are stupid. You know, a, a, a player that we all assume is a superstar gets signed for like $2 million, and my team is a bunch of idiots for not doing that. Well, dude, all 32 teams, including the team that signed him, wasn't willing to pay what you thought that they were worth. So maybe instead of thinking my team is filled with a bunch of idiots, you just think I, I obviously was missing some serious information there. But I don't know. The whole thing just becomes kind of nonsensical and and again not very helpful because what i want to know is what is it that we need to do moving forward right a lot of people would rather live in the past well i can look backwards and see something that could have happened that maybe could have got us a little bit further and could have maybe would have should have could have but okay so what is the overall overarching philosophy that a team should have moving forward that also you could apply backwards and say you know be you know that that if you'd have done it in the past, it would have worked then, but also going forward, we should do this, rather than just nitpicking these tiny little things or whatever. But we got to just do the nitpicking thing because that's what people want to do. Hey, Ryan. McCall, I'm getting fired up over here. I just I didn't understand. Um, for those that have forgotten, the Packers had two consecutive losing seasons. Juan Rodgers was injured, yes, but doesn't matter. Had two horrible losing seasons, missed the playoffs. And then Unicunst came in, and we became, let's not forget this now, we became the first team in NFL history to win 13 games in three consecutive seasons. Well, that's what's funny, too, because it's like, Gutekunst didn't do that, Rodgers did that. Even, Even leaving aside the part where the team was good for, like, two out of the last five years or something ridiculous, maybe one out of the last five years, leaving all of that aside, even when the team was good with Rodgers at its peak, it wasn't that. So it's so ridiculous to just be like, well, duh, you had Rodgers. We've never been this before. What are you talking about? And, and, and also leaving aside the part where a single quarterback with no help around him also cannot do this. Not once, much less three years in a row. Now, great. Patriots, dynasties, 49ers, all these dynasties over the years, none of them ever won 13 games three years in a row. And yes, we didn't get to the mountaintop. We didn't win the Super Bowl. But you're telling me the team has not been good enough under Gutenkamp? You are out of your mind. You are completely and totally out of your mind. I mean, it was one of the, when, when they came in, it was ready for us to keep sucking. When LaFleur came in as a new coach, it's like, oh, new coach, you know, this is going to take some time. No. Three consecutive 13-win seasons. Not- well, it, yeah, I mean, it's one of the greatest turnarounds of a franchise we've ever seen and Gutekunst has got his back up against the wall because he took a quarterback the most important position in football when Rodgers is one foot out the door having suffered injuries he's 40 years old and, and wants to retire and has been causing problems in the organization and everything else but god forbid the guy drafted a quarterback who might actually be really good at football but for that reason we got to assume he's a complete idiot I mean it's just it's it's weird to me I forget that and let's not act like Gutekunst wasn't a huge factor with all of his affordable free agent signings. He didn't go get the big names and overpay. No, it, it, and thank goodness he didn't. Because Zadarius and Preston were better than the guys that got signed for big money off the edge. 
and Adrian Amos was the best safety that was signed that year, much better than the big money guys that got signed that year. There's a lot of big money guys that got signed that we didn't sign that ended up being complete garbage while Gutekunst goes out and finds, you know, like the number one linebacker in football coming off the freaking street or Razul Douglas who hadn't done jack squat who comes in and, and just, what, leads the leagues in picks or whatever, just, uh, I don't know. It's 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 just, it, it's it's twofold. It's it's complaining that we didn't win at all, and then it, it also, there's a contingent of people, maybe it's, it's doubly for some people, but a contingent who are wanting to believe that Rodgers is, is the ultimate great, person and, and if, if if things could have just been because listen if if all things are equal and pat mahomes wins and rogers doesn't what doesn't what does that mean about rogers right i mean how how elite is aaron Rodgers if he has the best football team around him and they can't win so it kind of cuts against him a little bit so we can't do that so it must be somebody else's fault gutekunst wasted aaron Rodgers, the this the greatest quarterback of all time um his his clear window to win without because we refuse to acknowledge that it was rogers who wasted his own freaking window by not showing up four out of the last five years we got the smart signings the players he knew were going to be good fit in our scheme and he did a phenomenal job um so yes this past year was not good i am still inclined to blame a lot of that on rogers um and also just the team not playing as a team is another thing i don't know if that's coaching i don't know if that's just certain guys in the locker room, but hopefully that can get straightened out. But anyway, good guns has done a great job. Yeah, and it's also important to note a phrase you said, which is good enough, because Cheeseball likes to accuse me of saying that he was perfect. I didn't say he was perfect. I said he was good enough. He did his job. At On that day, was the team good enough to win? Yes. On that day, did Rodgers do good enough? No. On that day, did Darius do good enough? No. I can look at these things individually and see how they line up and see who is to blame. And Gutekunst isn't on the list. He's not on the list. Now, again, well, does that mean he did everything perfectly and, and that he couldn't have done something better? No. But you can take the best player in that game. You know, say, well, I can't say Devontae, but let's just pretend Devontae was great. Okay, well, does that mean Devontae was perfect? Does that mean that he couldn't have done a little bit better? What if he'd have caught another pass? What? A, th- there's a big difference between good enough and perfect. Nobody's perfect. Perfect isn't the standard. Did you do good enough? Gutekunst? Yes. He did do good enough to field a team that was capable of winning a Super Bowl. Right? On that day in those games, did X, Y, and Z do good enough? And we went through that whole list. And we went through the players that did not do good enough. But we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about how, yeah, they were bad, but he should have been bailed out. Rodgers should have been bailed out by a third wide receiver. Come on, man. Let's not be ridiculous. Hey, Ryan. Ben from Sockville here. Hey. Um, So I just wanted to know. I'm going to keep my first question quick because I have a story afterwards. Okay. You always use the word vacillate. Okay. What is the difference between vacillate and oscillate? Oof, I don't know. I could probably look it up myself, but I prefer you to do the work for me. I kind of feel like they're the same word. I mean, to vacillate is to go back and forth, 
and to oscillate, I mean, you got an oscillator and it kind of is like a waveform, right? Which is up and down. Maybe the difference is up and down and back and forth. I don't know. Let's see what the robot says. Probably sound like an idiot. So according to wikidiff.com, um, oscillate is to swing back and forth, especially if with a regular rhythm, right? Oscillation. Vacillate is to sway unsteadily from one side to the other. So they mean the same thing, but apparently vacillate is a little bit less rhythmic, but also this might just be made up. So I'm just going to say they're the same thing. And then uh, secondly, so I heard I'm a little bit behind on the podcast right now. I'm listening to Friday's Packernet After Dark. So somebody had mentioned something about Eddie Lacy and Bijan Robinson, and it sounded like there was going to be some Eddie Lacy slander. And I just wanted to warn you against that. Okay. So I used to work at a Dairy Queen, and it was one of those restaurants that's connected to a gas station. Mm-hmm. And so one night I'm working, and the guy from the gas station comes over, and he goes, dude, you got to see this. Eddie Lacy is in the gas station right now. So I walk over there, and... Me being the person I am, I was planning on some light-heart ribbing, light-hearted ribbing and, you know, just say, hey, tell him I'm a huge fan. And I walk up to this guy, to Eddie Lacy, and this man is the biggest, buffest, most intimidating person I have ever stood in front of in my entire life. So me uh, caring about living past that day decided against any sort of ribbing. I shook his hand. I told him I was a huge fan and to keep up the good work. And this would have been, uh, I mean, I was probably 16 or 17 at the time. So this would have been eight or nine years ago. But uh, so I would just be careful about any Eddie Lacy slander because that man could probably crush you in one of his hands. Me too. Not, not just you, all of us. He's a very big, intimidating man. And uh, actually, it's funny because... He was actually in that gas station uh, on his way to Milwaukee, uh, and he was trying to get the cashier at the gas station to sell him alcohol after alcohol sales hours. <laughs> and uh, the guy at the gas station told him he couldn't do that because he was afraid that he was going to get fined. And Eddie Lacy told him that he would pay the fine if the gas station got fined for selling him alcohol after hours. And uh, the guy at the gas station didn't do it, but I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Eddie Lacy going to do some partying. But uh, anyway, thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. Go Pack Go. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, 99.9% of football fans could kick the crap out of me, but um, the slander will continue. So, But I don't want to slander Eddie Lacy. I like Eddie Lacy. Um, you know, he's a big man. He likes his cheeseburgers. He likes his boozing. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but we appreciate that here on the Packernet After Dark podcast. It's no slander. It's all pride. Hey, it's Nate. Hey. Uh, again, um, just uh, finally got around to listening to that episode that you did with uh, JJ on Cheese and Packers. Um, and, yeah, I, obviously I 100% agree. The pick in, like, the first couple rounds, basically every round, is never who we want or who we thought um, but I, I called in, jeez, uh, over, uh, I think it was still during the season, um, and I was just kind of getting some pre-draft stuff, and I said, don't be surprised if they take a cornerback, even even though we don't need one. 
So that's exactly what Goody would do, especially because of how deep this cornerback class is and how much like top end talent there is. It's one of the few positions where there's really any talent other than some of the corners. I think the only people that I have ever considered first round talents is I'm a I'm a Jackson Smith and Jigba guy. Not at 15. I think he'd be more late first yeah. in in any other draft. Um, just a you know a size thing. Um, and then Peter Skaronski. Um, because he's probably the only offensive lineman who's refined, I I would think in this draft. There's some other guys that could be developed, but but yeah, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up taking a corner and we all uh, freak out because I I still remember even just the last draft when they called Quay Walker's name. I was like, who who is yep. who is that? I had to like dig into who our first round draft pick was, and that's scary. That happens all the time. It's scary when you have to like be like, Whoa. I've I've researched and watched a hundred mock drafts. How do I not know this person's right. name? And uh, that's you know, and I don't know if Quay really showed first round um, talent either. So that's a long winded way of saying don't be surprised if the date corner. Go back go. You always got to slip that one swear word in there, so I got to go back and edit it. Always have that one. But yeah, I, I mean, just going back through, Quay Walker was a, wait, what? Eric Stokes. I mean, you gotta understand, it's not that I've never heard their name, but I am certainly unfamiliar with them in terms of guys that I was expecting. I didn't know very much about Quay at all. Eric Stokes, same thing. Not very familiar at all. Jordan Love, not very familiar. Just wasn't expecting it. I mean, I, I knew Jordan Love in terms of being a first round prospect, but I didn't watch him or really actually think that that was a real thing that could happen. Rashawn Gary, same thing. I knew it was an option, but it just, I didn't think it would happen. Kevin King, not a first round pick technically, but I remember there was a, another King in the draft that I really liked. It was a, a corner, I think. Actually, pretty good football player. But um, they said Kevin King, and it was like, oh no, that's the King I don't like. Kenny Clark was another one. I wasn't as into, th- I mean, it was before the podcast and stuff, but they said Kenny Clark, and I was like, wait, who? Demarius Randall. Who? So starting in like 2015, that's when every year became a, wait, what? I'm not positive. I think Dayton, haha Clinton Dix was obvious. Dayton, I think, was like kind of expected. Perry, I think was, I mean, I shouldn't say expected, but Perry wasn't that big of a deal. Sherrod, I don't know. Now we're getting kind of back into the, I wasn't paying super close. I remember when we drafted Jordy, but I wasn't paying attention to draft prospects at the time. But yeah, it was like one year of being into the draft when we got haha, and I was like up on stuff. And then immediately I start really getting into the draft and I, I'm just not in it enough. So this is the year that all of us will be prepared. We have covered a hundred prospects. There won't at least there won't be a name that we haven't talked about to some degree. And then we gotta go through the top fifty or so real good and make absolutely sure but the, the good thing is we're picking at 15 so if we know all of the first round prospects we should be able to to weed it out we shouldn't be picking the guy that's at 42 this year i wouldn't think i guess i don't know yeah jair was you know again i knew about jair but i thought he was a second round prospect so I, yeah and, and again he was at 18 so certainly could be in that i know he shot up the boards but for a long time like dude that dude is a second round prospect like, why did we just draft him i cannot freaking believe this again dang it and again it doesn't mean it's a bad pick it just means 
it, it just leads to immediate dif- disappointment because we get so excited about these names. We always narrow it down to probably like three or four guys that it's got to be. You know, it's got to please be this person. And it never is. Devontae Wyatt is the first time I got like jump up and down excited about a prospect that we took in the first round since Ha Ha Clinton Dix, which don't worry about what I want because apparently it's not the greatest. Although Ha Ha was slandered more than he should have been by Packer fans. I'll say that. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Joe the janitor. Hey, Joe the janitor. What's up, bud? How are you? Uh, anyway, okay. I don't know, man. I was just thinking. Um, I just heard something about Aaron Rodgers telling the Jets, you know, not to rush on the trade, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, Basically, like, don't give the Packers what they want. Don't give them too much. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but honestly, if I was Aaron Rodgers and I was sitting there right now uh, waiting to be traded and um, the Jets and the Packers were fighting over one first-round pick, 
um, which nobody really knows what they're fighting over. But if it is just one first-round pick, and the Jets won't give up that first-round pick for Aaron freaking Rodgers, I mean, if I was Rodgers, I'd be feel disrespected um, extremely. Uh, I wouldn't be, you know, oh, yeah, don't don't worry, don't worry. It'll get done. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. You got to, like, what's uh, less than two weeks till the draft. Something has to get done, like, now. Um, and you know the Jets, like, uh, organization in general, is, is something's got to happen soon. Um yeah, my father-in-law and brother-in-law are Jets fans, um, so I could just see from their perspective that they want Rodgers bad. Um, I mean, when you're that deprived of an organization for the last 70 years, minus this one Super Bowl, um, you know, I, I guess I'd want Rodgers too, but uh, anyway, that was just some thoughts. I don't know. Would you be dis- feel disrespected if you were Rogers? Anyway, anywho, have a good day. Shalom. Well, you you would have to be smart enough, and who knows if the Jets are. And obviously, if Jet if if Rogers is actually the one driving this train, then there's there's nothing to see here. But um, if you're the Jets, you have to be smart enough to say, look, we are going to lowball the living crap out of the Green Bay Packers. It has nothing to do with our. Uh, evaluation of you we're simply trying to be able to retain as many picks as possible to be able to build up our team i hope you can appreciate that and then hope you would just say yes and leave it at that um but there is of course a a, a possibility because we know how these things happen right rogers he hears something through the grapevine from his friend of a friend from his neighbor's girlfriend's dog and uh, then he gets all pissy about it so it's not entirely impossible that you know rogers is out on his charity golf tour thing and finds out that the uh jets are feeling a little unsure about this rogers thing because he wants to retire and he's kind of old and he was injured and all that and just being like dude are you freaking kidding me thought you were bringing me on because you wanted a an mvp quarterback to help you win a super bowl and you're gonna freaking nitpick and complain about what if he's not that good what if what if uh, uh." never know who knows Nobody knows these things. Oh, my God, Ryan, did you see Tom Brady is not retiring and is actually going to be coming back to play another season? That's so crazy. Uh, it's I can't even imagine who, who possibly could have called that other than everyone crazy. I, uh, I very briefly saw something about that, assumed it was a hoax, and then just kind of moved on with my life. And um, I, I shouldn't say, I, I thought it was fake, but at the same time realized it could very well be real and um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah, after that, I just kind of moved on with my life and didn't really think about it until you just mentioned it. Hey, Ryan, it's Brian from Illinois. Hey. Man, we got a cold one today. Um, calling about drive-ins in the Racine-Kenosha area, there used to be, this is probably 20 years ago now, but, man, there was a place called Pinocchio's, and it had, like, cheesy Pinocchio things, like, painted on the walls, but you could drive in and get ridiculously good. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Calm that down. Um, ridiculously good root beer. They would pour it into a gallon jug if you wanted and man that gallon jug never made it 
out of Wisconsin before <laughs> we polish that thing off. Um, another topic I want to talk about real quick was jumping on uh, the Gutekunst train. I've always been a fan of what he's been doing. I know there's things like, well, he shouldn't have gave Rodgers that contract. Um, I think his hands he had to do at the time. We knew Love wasn't ready. He was bringing in people like Bortles or something, yeah. and uh, he, he just, they just didn't see enough. So yeah. Well, and that's that's an important part that also doesn't get brought up in that conversation. Is okay. So Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future, and um, you're planning on moving on from Rogers. So why would you give him the contract? Well, you're looking at you know MVP quarterback and a guy in Jordan Love that you don't know if he's ever going to be anything. And he hasn't proven anything. And in fact, over the the time that he's been here, it's been kind of rough. So that's the situation that Gutekunst is in. A guy that could very easily go out and win MVP for another team while you trot out Jordan Love, the guy that you picked, and he is a garbage quarterback. That's how things were looking. But yeah, we could have gotten a haul, that's true. Look, the fact of the matter is, Aaron Rodgers had Brian Gutekunst over a barrel. Jordan Love wasn't ready. Rodgers went on to win back-to-back MVPs, and he got his contract. We certainly could say that, that you know, Gutekunst should have had the foresight to know not to do that. But again, even if, even if he had foresight, Jordan Love wasn't really ready. He may still not be ready. I don't know. But it wasn't until they saw him turn a corner and saw what happened to Rodgers that they felt comfortable with this situation that we're in now to move on. So it's certainly not the path that they would have liked. But at each individual step, does the... Does the um, situation makes sense? I think it does. And, and again, well, the, the contract didn't need to be as ridiculous as it was. Well, it did because Rodgers dictated it, which is another thing. It's, you know, the sort of anti-Gutekunst pro-Rodgers thing is, is it's the contract that Rodgers demanded. The contract is a freaking behemoth and it's a piece of crap that is not good for any of us because Rodgers had the leverage and said, screw you. It's not exactly a slam dunk pro-Rodgers position. And again, all of this is just a big screw you. The two MVPs were a screw you to the Packers so that he can get that contract and say, screw you to the Packers, right? And then after he got his contract, he took the entire offseason off, was out of shape, came in, looked like crap, didn't play very well. Then he says, meh, screw this, I don't want to play anymore. Starts hearing rumors that the Packers are having conversations, which I'm still convinced that what he was hearing is all the stuff that we were hearing, which is all garbage and made up. Remember how there was con- every day where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's all nonsense. And as far as conversation, of course there's conversations. <laughs> the Packers are probably talking to teams back in January, but obviously nothing's ever going to get done if Rodgers retires. So this is all due diligence. If he doesn't want to get traded, he can't get traded. So what good would it do to trade him behind his back? That's not even a thing. That doesn't exist. But what happens? He gets pissed off and he wants to stick it to the Packers, which is really all he's wanted to do for what feels like the last five years. To our benefit sometimes, which is great. Thank you for that. And, and hopefully to our benefit again, in which we get some compensation. And who knows? Maybe there's a conditional in there that if he plays another year, that we get more compensation from the Jets. And so if he continues to play because he still wants to stick it to the Packers, then we get more benefit. So yeah, keep sticking it to the Packers. But in terms of like putting up with that mentality, kind of over it. Uh, we had an MVP two-timer, and so he had, he gave him the bank. And now that his play dropped off, another team wants him. We're moving on. I, I don't have problems with that so much. He's always raised or found some good floor people like on the offensive line a few years ago 
when uh, I think McCarthy was still coaching, um, and he would bring in like a tackle or two, just to try and keep that floor. So when the draft came around, uh, we would have enough of a floor to where if we didn't find anyone or didn't get any anybody else in, um, but we weren't breaking the bank. So yeah, later in the season we got the people like Snacks. You know, when we're trying to make a push and oh, we yeah. see forgot about Snacks. Okay, that's too. our weakness. Boom, he went for it. <laughs> um, yeah, with the flashy names, I'm kind of glad we don't go after the people that are flashy like that because that I don't know. Well, and and in that time of the year, Snacks Harrison is as flashy as it gets, right? I mean, you generally don't see. Because why would they be there if they were actually really good football players, right? So yeah, I mean, Snacks Harrison and and Whitney Merciless, those those are that's as good as it gets when we're talking trade deadline, unless there's you know injury concerns or whatever the situation is or asking for too much money or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if there were stud football players available, they're not going to make it that far. Well, that doesn't seem like a Green Bay thing. I, I've always just been happy finding these gems, especially the the Campbell, like um, the Douglas, like Brazil's, yeah, and just people that play a big role, come in clutch that he brings in. And if they don't work, man, he's shuffling through people. He's taking up multiple players in the draft. It's just fantastic. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> well, right, and 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 again, Gutekunst has been much more aggressive than, for example, Ted Thompson. Um, if, if there's anything about Gutekunst that has frustrated me, it's that he's deviated from Ted Thompson and has been more of this all-in type of guy. But that's my frustration: is the people that are mad at Gutekunst, not not all of them. Some of them agree with me on the fact that he's a little bit too aggressive, but. Um, the the biggest knock on him is he's he doesn't go all in. Like, are you freaking kidding me? The the only thing this this guy seems to consistently do wrong is he's too aggressive. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like he doesn't do like snacks and Whitney. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I mean, it, the the first thing that happened when Gutekunst took over is all of a sudden he's in all these conversations and he's calling about everybody, which didn't used to happen back in the day. And now we're in on all conversations, which, again, is just due diligence, but it's just a change of atmosphere, change in environment. He's a much more aggressive guy. Um, and so for the knock on him to be that he isn't aggressive and that he's cheap and whatever is like, I don't know, man. But, again, I, th- I think it's a necessary requirement because we all have to come to grips with why we lost somehow. And... Um, the alternative, if Gutekunst isn't the problem, is what? Probably something that some people don't exactly want to come to grips with. Oh, sorry, Colin, back. Missed the whole point I was trying to make with the Gutekunst thing. Um, with the spending, we were already spending top dollar on star players that should have put us over the top. And- well, it, exactly right. And that's the other thing that's absurd about all of this. You know, while you didn't get that one, you know, over-the-hill guy that's sitting there in, you know, the middle of the season at the trade deadline. Are you kidding me? We signed seven guys. We're paying ridiculous sums of money. The the, the point is, we, and, and that's why the whole argument seemed ridiculous to me, because it's like, well, I'm not talking about the $100 million that we spent on free agents 
or the the you know the the massive ridiculous amount of money that we're spending on our quarterback and our wide receiver and all these other positions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the two million dollar acquisition of a wide receiver that nobody wants that that he didn't make that maybe could have pushed us. Like what what? Come on, man. This is not a serious conversation at this point. This is not a serious conversation. The fact is, Rodgers didn't. Devontae, I mean, he was open. He just didn't get the ball. So that's kind of a hard thing to say that's Gudekin's fault. Um, I just like what he's doing. I, I like... Well, and that, again, like, well, you could have done that one thing. Dude, I could go through half of those plays in that game and say, if he would have just done this, 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 all the way through the freaking game. But we got to focus on some guy that maybe could have changed something possibly kind of sort of. I just, it's it's a worthless conversation. It'll be interesting to see, to see how the team actually functions and where the money actually starts to go. Um, I want to bring up LaFleur can actually make decisions. Um, we won't have to hold them like, oh, you should ask Rodgers if he should have kicked the ball or not, or we should have put the ball in his hands. Like, now he can make the decisions. And if he asks Love those types of questions, should we go for it for fourth and one? Like the Lamar thing, when his coach asked him, should we go fourth and one? And he's all psyched for it. He's like, okay, let's go for it. Um, when uh, Tua's coach asked him, hey, do you want to go for it? And he's like, well, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And it's like, oh, well, let's maybe maybe we just kick it. Um, but it'll be cool to see what things go on uh, now that Rodgers has gone out. Some of the, his pieces are gone. And the team's going to look so much different. And it'll be awesome later. Yeah, I mean, we got to see how it all comes together. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's not just how did the playbook change, but yeah, how do the dynamics look between Jordan Love and, and Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love and the wide receivers and all that? What is the energy, right? I mean, that was 2018. The energy was so bad. But then like 2020-ish, the, you know, even 2019, you saw the energy really start to just go through the roof. Um and that was awesome, right? And so there's there's all kinds of different dynamics. You know, 2022, there, you start to feel these bad locker room vibes, even though you can't quite put your finger on it. Like, you just feel like there's these little silos and guys aren't really getting along or working together and the coaches and players aren't really getting along and they're not on the same page. And it's just kind of a weird dynamic. So there's a lot of different dynamics that'll be interesting to see how they all play out. And another thing, sorry, Ryan, it's Brian from Illinois again. Uh, I just wanted to bring up every single time I have a question, man, you got you nail it within a, a podcast or two. So I just appreciate everyone calling in <laughs> and you for basically any time I'm like, you know what? I really want to figure this out because you guys always come up with something and I appreciate everybody. <laughs> um, and to go off of like disagreements and, and all that, I just had a conversation with a customer about what would it be? Jordy Nelson went in round one, which it was, it was a, I just guess that people know the information or take the information they want to hear or, and run with it. And nowadays it's so easy to just go off of what you want to know and find the information that they gather or look into in that sort of direction. So I don't know. It's always 
Yeah, I, getting into those conversations where you're like, Jordy Nelson did so in round one, but this old timer, man, I, I just had to walk away from that one going, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I mean, that that's how these things tend to, especially how they tend to get heated because we, we go in our own path. We create our own little bubble of information. We go seek out information that confirms what we believe and we continue that and we build up our arsenal and then we come head to head with somebody that thinks something else and it's like, dude, I have been doing massive amounts of research for a very long time and all of it points in my direction, which obviously it does because that's the only thing I've been seeking out. But I, I'm positive I'm right, and then we clash, and you've done the same thing, and so we just point this massive arsenal at each other and just unload. Um, and and when you interact with somebody else who's done that, while you've done it on the other side, you look at them like you are a freaking psychopath. Like, what are you even talking about? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very strange how we uh, tend to do that, rather than you know stepping back and saying, all right, let's forget what seems to be the case for me right now um, and kind of start from ground zero and, and kind of build up from there and say, you know, what what would be the right criteria to answer this question? And let's just, whatever the answer is, the answer is. And the few times I've done that, it's always scary because it's like, please don't be what I don't want it to be. And sometimes it is, I don't know, but it's still the right way to do it. And as much as we feel like everybody's just going to slam dunk in our face, the vast majority of people, like right now, as much as I have talked trash about Justin Fields, if I went on Twitter right now and I just put out this big apology, I was like, Bears fans, I just want to say I'm sorry. I've been wrong about Justin Fields. I've been looking at it from this angle, and that's not the right way to do it. I reran the numbers. Turns out he's actually, you know, uh, like the maybe ninth best quarterback in football now that I look at it. And just want to say sorry for giving you guys so much crap. It's a rivalry thing. But, uh, you know, just trying to be accurate, and I, I actually think you guys got something there. I would be shocked if more than one person took a swing at me if I did that. Nobody's going to be mad at me if I did that. So we don't need to be so defensive. Well, I got to be right, because if, if they find out I'm wrong, it's going to... Nah, it ain't so bad. But we got to get defensive and be like, I got I to gotta prove that I'm right. Otherwise, you know, my pride's on the line or whatever. Hey, Ryan, what up? Uh, I got a few things for you today. Um, first one is regarding all this, uh, I think it was you and Cheese Mullen talking on Packing It After Dark. But, anyways, uh, I land on um, your side more than the all in side as well. And uh, I think we, people often forget it's like, okay, if we had gotten OBJ, um, you know, what does that do to your. You know, can you even afford him? What does that do to your cap? Um, and then if you're going to trade, you know, a second rounder for him for three months, if you don't win the Super Bowl, that really sucks. And uh, also, if you, uh, to your point, if we spend every dollar in, in free agency to load up our roster and have no cushion, or if we, if we give up everything at the trade deadline for big pieces, eventually, and you keep the can down the road, eventually you're not going to be able to assign your stars. And I have a feeling all those people in the – all-in camp would be pretty pissed when we wouldn't be able oh, yeah. to resign, you know, like Jair, Elton, Rashawn, because um, that would happen if that's how we handle things, or in the future, you know, can't resign Jordan Love or Christian Watson or whoever it may be next. Um, well, and, and honestly, what would probably happen, 
more more realistically, although that could potentially happen, would be the um, opportunity cost. What would end up happening is in order to retain players, we would have to do something that we otherwise wouldn't have to do. So in other words, if we didn't go quote-unquote all-in, then we would just be able to continue on as normal next year. We would have our, our normal $20, $30 million. We'd be able to get XYZ free agents just to kind of do all this stuff. But instead, we come into next year, we don't have any money, we can't get any free agents, and in fact, in order to re-sign the players that we want that are leaving, we have to push out money on some of these other contracts. And so there, there is an opportunity cost in that those free agents that we would have gotten we're not getting. So our team is actually worse than it would have been had we not done that. But you can't see it. That's the thing. So then people just say, oh, see, salary cap is fake. Nothing's, there's nothing wrong here. They just tweaked a couple things with the contracts. We got all our guys back. We got plenty of money, you bunch of idiots. You don't know what you're talking about. Because you can't see the players that we would have gotten that we can't get. And then it gets worse next year because of those contracts that we pushed out in order to re-sign those guys just to keep the same team together. So next year now, we have even less money. And now some of the, so we resign some of the big, or we restructure, resign some of the big players. Some of the lower level players we don't bring back, guys like Lazard, Mercedes, Adrian Amos. And we end up doing nothing in free agency. And then what happens? People aren't necessarily mad that we got rid of anybody. People are mad that all oh, the Packers are sitting on their hands. Here we go, Brian Gutekunst again, being cheap. No, no, no. We're broke. And we're broke because we did what you wanted. We spent all the money. We pushed all the money out so we can get all the players. Now we have no money. We can't go get anybody. And there's several pieces that we would like to have. Like, we'd like to have Mercedes. Probably like to have Lazard, considering how light our wide receiver class is right now. Or our uh, wide receiver core is. But we can't. And that's the cost. And I'm not going to say it's your fault because it's not your decision. But the fact that the guy's doing what you want, and then you claim he didn't do what you wanted, and then you get mad because he's not going out and getting free agents because he did what you want, despite the fact that you're saying he didn't do what you want, is just such a level of psychosis that I, I could barely wrap my head around it. It's so insane. But I have a feeling they wouldn't like that. So I think that's another thing. Also, I wanted to point out, you know, people get riled up, mainly because of Odell, I think. Um, I think it's done a great job both in the offseason and at the deadline, but is anyone pissed now that we didn't get Chase Claypool? I don't think so. Um, also a thought for you, I think the Packers should bring back Randall Cobb, but a caveat to that, I think they should do it as a wide receivers coach. Keep him in that room, but keep him off that field. All right, Ryan, talk to you later. Well, and, and speaking of Odell Beckham, of all the people that were screaming that that was the reason the Rams won, should we assume that if Lamar comes back, like they're the Super Bowl favorites, or how does that work? Or do we just disregard that because, you know, we don't really apply what we said in the past when we were Monday morning quarterbacking into the future? Because then I'd have to actually put my name on the line and, and what I believe on the line, and if it turns out wrong, then I'd have to be held accountable for that. And I'd rather just live in the past and pretend that I knew, knew everything back then, even though I didn't really say it back then. Or if I did, obviously, I'm sure they said plenty about Odell Beckham, but they said a lot about other stuff, too, that we don't want to talk about. Is, is, are, are the Rams, like, significantly, or the, the Ravens significantly better now? Did they overpay? Was that stupid? Was that smart? Was it brilliant? What, what, what are we thinking? Or are we going to wait to see how they pan out, and then if they end up winning, then see, obviously, and then if not, then we just don't talk about it. That's the thing. I'm just, I'm not impressed by people that go back and, and go to find cherry-pick the things that prove their point. Tell me right now what's going to happen in the future, based on what you think. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be able to predict the future, but, you know, if, if what your philosophy says 
you know, I mean, if, if, if you know how this whole thing works, then just, just tell me who's doing it the right way so we can analyze it correctly. Again, this is what I've been screaming for. Even if you want to go back in the past, just tell me all the teams who are doing all the things that you're saying. I don't want to argue about the, the, the nitpicky stuff. Just give me the specifics. Give me the list of teams that did it so I can go back and look and analyze it. I want to. Give me the data. Here are the things that I think you should do. And when teams do X, Y, and Z, and this is the thing, I, I have data people that talk to me all the time and, and it's hard to refute their stuff. And I've had to change my opinions based on a lot of the stuff that they're saying, especially with the draft and with all this kind of stuff. And you know, it kind of takes some of the fun out of it, but it is what it is. The data is the data. Can't argue with it. So give me the equivalent. When teams do this, then they are more successful. Show me that. Hey, caller number five. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm using my headphones. Um, just a couple of quick comments or questions for the caller who keeps on uh, calling and arguing with you. Um, so just since you're the czar of the objectivity and, you know, you, you shoot it straight and you... Uh, uh, you know more than anybody else, uh, seemingly, because you can look at it unbiasedly. Um, I'm just curious, are you in the room with Peyton Coons, um during the trade deadline? Do you know what he's trying to do during the deadline? Um, do you know what the player's agents are saying when he calls about them? Uh, do, you, do you know that he maybe tried to get some of the guys you're talking about? Uh, and objectively speaking, does he play the game in the playoffs, like the last three years that we've lost? Four years. Did he did he play in the game? Did, did he did he or did he not field the team um, with a really good defense? Um, specifically, if you're looking at 2020, did he not make some free agency uh, signings that helped us go 13-3 and also gave us uh, a defense that played well enough to win? Uh, it's just everybody else crapped the bed. Did he not bring in Mercedes Lewis, who is a great locker room guy? who is beloved by his entire team. I, I, I just don't know what you want. It doesn't sound like you want anything but to complain because you, quote, like looking at things um, critically and uh, critiquing things, which, I mean, cool, man. It's really cool. But don't look at me and tell me I'm not objective just because I'm satisfied with having a contending team every year. I hated the Aaron Jones signing, by the way. Uh, I thought it was a bad move, proved to be wrong. So uh, I just don't know what you, uh, I don't know what you're looking for here besides the argument. It doesn't seem like you can articulate your point very well uh, because you keep saying stuff that doesn't answer uh, Ryan's questions directly. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting tired of, you can probably cut this part, uh, but I'm kind of getting tired of hearing from this dude. Like, don't, don't preach to me how smart you are, how much smarter you are than me. Um, thanks. That's all I got. Well, yeah, and, and we do have cheese balling coming up. We got Uncle Rico, Trevor, and then a bunch of cheese balling. So, um, sorry, caller number five, but that's that's how that goes. But again, I, I, I've kind of laid out, and he may have called in before I laid all this out, but what I think would make the conversation more constructive. Because, I mean, you can call in and say, well, you said this, and, and that's hypocritical. And you said this, and that's a logical fallacy. And you said... Look, man, okay, great. So I'm, I'm a big, stupid idiot. Fine. Let's just leave that aside. I'm a big, bumbling, moron idiot who doesn't know anything. Okay? I'm not saying you're saying that. But let's just say for argument's sake that's the case. Now you have the floor. Articulate your point correctly. Right? And instead of focusing on why I'm an idiot, focus on what it is that you think the Packers should do very specifically. 
Because again, I have an understanding of how things should be, and I could be wrong. If you have an alternate perspective, I need to know what it is, and I don't know what it is. And it has to be something that's comprehensive, not just, he should have done this in this one instance. And and yeah, I, I brought up that point also, caller number five, you didn't like that I brought it up. Um, I forget exactly how I phrased it and what he didn't like about it, but the, the, the fact that we don't know exactly what's going on. To say that he's being cheap, how do you know? How do you know he didn't offer way too much for several players? And not, Look at the Devontae thing, for example. Gutekunst offered way too much money for Devontae, and we didn't get Devontae. What if, we didn't ha- what if it wasn't so high profile and we didn't have all the inside information? You could very easily say, he's a cheapskate. I can't believe he wouldn't sign Devontae. And I have a feeling that happens all the time. There are several times that Brian Gutekunst tries to get a deal done. He sets a price, and somebody comes in over the top, and, you know, and they look back at the Packers, and he's like, no, forget that. I'm not paying that much, because it's too much. And then it looks like, well, he just didn't try. In fact, there was a Bears guy I saw that was kind of funny talking about, all, look at all the guys that Brian Gutekunst tried to acquire and failed. Which is funny, because it's a different line of argument for why Brian Gutekunst is an idiot, but it also flies in the face of Brian Gutekunst doesn't try. The reality is he tries, but he, like everybody else, has got to set some kind of limitations. There has to be some kind of a line. It can't just be at all costs. That doesn't even make any sense, right? If I want to buy a board game, I go into like a thrift shop. I'm like, oh, sweet, dude, I've been wanting this board game for a long time. Or, or a garage sale. I'll be like, hey, man, two bucks. I'll give you it for the board game. You want? No, $75. Like, <laughs> what? $75. Dude, I... I uh. I can go on eBay probably when I get home and have that delivered to my house. Maybe 20 bucks with shipping or something? I don't know. 75 bucks, take it or leave it. Now, we can say at all costs, go do it, right? You got 75 bucks in your pocket? Well, then, then you have the opportunity. You could have done it. You chose not to do it. You walked away from the table. That's on you. You could have helped the team. You didn't help the team. You walked away from the table. You're a cheapskate. Okay, but I mean, we, we have to be responsible on some level. If it's worth on the high end 20, I'm willing to be irresponsible and offer 25. If they hold fast at, at you know, 50 bucks is their floor, we're walking away from it. And I think that's what that was on, on the other side of it, too. It's like, well, they tried to get Chase Claypool. They tried to get Odell Beckham. They tried it, and it fell through. Well, yeah, I mean, there are different situations. In some cases, like Odell, he wanted to go to L.A. Some cases, like Devontae, he wanted to go to the Raiders. In the case of uh, Darren Waller, the Raiders had no intention of ever letting him go until, of course, the next year when everything fell apart and had some serious off-the-field issues and they sold him for pennies on the dollar. They should have given him to Gutekunst a year earlier, and they, but the Raiders are idiots. They messed that up. But yeah, to, to your point, it's, it's also difficult. There's, there's so many pieces missing. We don't have very many specifics, but even on top of that, even if you say, what about this player? What about that player? Was Gutekunst interest, interested? If not, why not? Odell went to the Rams. There's 31 other teams he did not go to. It was also a very low price. Why? I mean, there's a massive contradiction here. And in, in, uh, on one hand, this is the reason they won the Super Bowl. On the other hand, oh, and it was obvious. But on the other hand, nobody wanted him. Nobody signed him all the way through the season. And when he got signed, it was for a very low price. Those two things don't make sense. And again, it just gets back to being not very constructive. Because we can't have that conversation because we don't know any of the information. None of us can answer any of those questions. I can tell you how Aaron Rodgers performed in 2019 in the playoffs. I cannot tell you the conversation Brian Gutekunst had with some linebacker at the trade deadline or some wide receiver that they apparently were on the phone with, why it fell through. Don't know. 
Well, you didn't get a wide receiver. Why not? Don't know. Why, why did, maybe it's because they didn't want one. Maybe it's because they did want one, but there was nobody that they liked. Maybe there were some people that they liked, but it, the price was too high. I, I, or, or maybe there was people that they liked that they called and the team just said, no, we're not giving them up, period. I don't know why things happen the way that they happen, but neither do you. I, uh, we, we, we need specifics and nobody's going to be able to give up the specifics. That's the problem. And so we're, we're left with this sort of vague, we didn't win, therefore obviously he didn't do enough. Therefore, he did something wrong. Well, okay, I don't know what to do with that. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. Tomorrow will be cheeseballing day, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, We'll have the final top 100 tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. Have a good night. Bye-bye.